You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are actually ending our series today on the, on the series entitled Hark. We've been doing this series, uh, Hark, and Hark actually comes from an uh, archaic word, uh, a Germanic origin, which means to listen attentively. Everybody say, to listen. Okay? Uh, or another way to put it is to hear so as to obey us. In, like, in Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, it says, If you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do everything that is written in it, then God will bless us. How many of you are looking forward to a blessed 2017 uh, next year? Come on now. We're all excited for the coming new year. And uh, we're, as, as, as Pastor Rain has mentioned, we're going to kick off uh, the new year with uh, you know, a service uh, next week on uh, November 1st. And a few days after that, we're going to have prayer and fasting. What a way to start the year. Uh, just emptying ourselves, consecrating ourselves so that we can hear clearly the voice of God and His direction for our lives and for our family. And so, uh, just to give us a quick recap, first week we talked about Zechariah, his a priest to believe God uh, eventually because he was silenced until God's perfect time came along when he had his son, John the Baptist, born. And then we talked about Mary, who trusted God uh, to have His ways even beyond her understanding, though she was a virgin betrothed to Joseph, she just went on to obey the will of God. And so last week, we heard Pastor Boyet, a minister here about Joseph, talking about obedience. And obedience has to be uh, complete, okay, unconditional, and it has to be immediate. And today, we're going to be looking at the story of the shepherds uh, that uh, where the angel appeared in, out in the field. And so... Uh, we're going to be looking at some of the lessons that we can actually learn from such lowly people because shepherds uh, in the first century during the time of Jesus were not as uh, celebrated as during the time of Abraham and Moses and uh, David uh, because they were more uh, prominent shepherds in their profession. So I want to invite everyone to stand up and uh, we're going to be reading from Luke chapter 2. Uh, since this is Christmas Day, I've actually put the uh, verse on the on the keynote. Okay, so uh, if you have still want to open your Bible, you're you're free to do that. But I I took the liberty to put it here on the screen so that we can actually read along together. Okay, uh, in uh, this next few verses, Luke chapter two, verse eight to twenty. Okay, uh, in the same region there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flock. By night, and an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not. Say to the person beside you, Fear not. For behold, I bring you good news. Tell the other person, Good news. Okay? Of great joy. Great joy. Tap that person in front of you, Great joy. Okay, that will be for all the people, for unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. 
When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all that they had heard and seen as it had been told them. Let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you so much for this time, even as we gathered here. Lord, it's December 25th, Christmas Day. We celebrate the birth of our Savior King, the Lord Jesus Christ, who came here on earth 2,000 years ago to give His life as a ransom for all of us. We thank you, Lord God, that there's a reason to rejoice. Just like the shepherd, though they were fearful at that moment, they took upon this good news that brought them great joy, and they celebrated it by spreading the news around to their families and to their friends and the people around them. Thank you, Lord. May your name be glorified. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you're going to be announcing a very important announcement for a lot of people, you know, what, what kind of uh, media or what kind of style would you choose? For example, uh, you just got engaged. What, you know, You've been waiting, for example, for the longest time, and finally someone proposed. Well, upon boyfriend, I'm engaged again, no? Someone proposed marriage for you. What would you do? How would you do the announcement? Okay, how would you, you know, would you, you know, say it to, you know, uh, like call a press conference or something like that, or kind of like if, if, if the president is going to present uh, his standpoint economic agenda, what would be the nice or the best way for? him to be able to spread the news uh, so that the people will learn and find out about what's happening. I think he would probably be calling a press con or something like that. Uh, you know, people in the media uh, talk to uh, important high officials or something like that. But in this particular case, the greatest news that mankind could actually ever hear was told to a lowly kind of people and they are the shepherds. Of course, there's no Facebook during that time. I believe that many of you will probably take on Facebook. You're probably going to write there, save the date or whatever, just for that big announcement. But during that time, the Lord, God the Father, chose an angel to be able to deliver the best news ever to a group of shepherds, lowly people. And you've got to understand, we know that you know, somehow when you look at what the Bible is saying about shepherds in the Old Testament, the shepherds in the Old Testament are highly celebrated. Okay, and you know, we, we see that from the patriarchs, as I said, uh, Abraham was a shepherd, Moses was a shepherd, King David, before he became king, was a shepherd. But shepherding in the first century uh, time, during the time of Jesus, was kind of like a lowly profession already. Okay, so this were the, you know, this were the work or the job for people who's got nowhere to do, okay, uh, have no advancement in life, so to speak, okay. And so uh, these are the very people that God has chosen for him to be able to share the good news. And so in verse 8, it says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, if you look closely at this particular verse, 
we kind of have songs, you know, during Christmas, you know, I, I'm dreaming of a white Christmas or winter wonderland. But yet, if you look at the, you know, the time when Jesus was actually born, the shepherds were out at night. And they were tending sheep at night in the middle of the field. Do you think it's winter time in Israel at that time? So, you know, this is probably one of the reasons why some people are saying that this is not exactly the time when Jesus was born, December 25th. It's probably about springtime, but it really does not matter. What we're celebrating is the, the fact that Jesus Christ was born here on planet Earth. Amen. And so we can actually have debates. No, you know, we, we can't celebrate Christmas during December. It's too cold. Okay, and I've actually been to, to Israel. Indeed, this is a time during winter. It's really too cold. I think the best time for a shepherd to go out at night is during springtime, somewhere around maybe March or April, thereabouts. But it's not about the date. It's not about the time of the year. It's really about our relationship with Him. It's about our date with God. It's like dating your wife. Amen. How many of you husbands who are here right now and you're happy that you are with your wife? Please raise your hand. Boggy points. Okay, hashtag. Okay. Maybe a good, you know, uh, faith goal for the year uh, next year is to have like regular dates with your wife. Amen. And the wife should actually say amen. Okay. We're talking about the date. We're talking about the date with God, our relationship with Him. And shepherds during that time, they were actually keeping watch over their sheep at night outside Bethlehem. If you would actually have like a GPS or, or the map of, of that particular um, point, uh, this site is known as Migdal Eder, which is the Tower of the Flock. It was prophesied in Micah chapter 4, verse 8. No time to look at that particular scripture. But if you look at the vantage point, this is where Bethlehem is, probably about 60 plus miles away from the city. So it's kind of far, okay? Uh, and for the shepherds to have an encounter with the angels and then for them to go in haste and check out the baby, they actually did a lot of running. I mean, if you're into running, okay? Maybe a good uh, faith goal again uh, next year, okay? To go back to exercise, all right? And so, talking about shepherds, shepherds, uh, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Moses, Jacob, they were all shepherds in the Old Testament. But now, in the first century, they were lowly people, outcasts uneducated. Some of them are considered thieves. Some of them are considered, you know, thieves or, or, or stealing from the other uh, flocks. And so this is not a profession in the first century that you would want your child to be enrolled in, something like that. So it's a lowly profession. In fact, it was said, according to some historians, that even their testimonies are not accepted in court because they are not as reliable as they are. But yet, in this particular case, some theologians are saying that this group of shepherds were actually taking care of sheep that are not for food. I'm not really sure what your Noche Bueno was last night, whether it's lamb chops, poor thing, okay? But these shepherds were taking care of sheep that are about to be sacrificed in the temple. So these are specific shepherds or specific sheep that they are using for the temple sacrifice. And you know, when you, the, the, you know, the Mosaic law is saying that if you're going to be offering a sacrifice, the sacrifice ought to be without spot, without blemish, without any defect. And so these shepherds are really taking care of this particular flock. Now, why the shepherd? Maybe because Jesus was likened to a shepherd. 
We're so familiar with Psalm 23. How many of you are familiar with Psalm 23? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want it. So even Jesus himself is likened to be a shepherd. It was prophesied that there is a shepherd that is coming to take care of his people. And so I believe that is probably the reason why the very first group of people that the angels appear to share the good news are a group of shepherds. Lowly people. Unimportant. Insignificant type of people. Yet, we know that God always uses, uses insignificant people for His purposes. In, in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26 to 29, it says, Consider your calling, brothers. Not so many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Not many were powerful. Not many were of noble birth. How many of you are born in a noble family? Please raise your hand. Anybody here from the royal family? So this is talking about all of us. You know, this, the Apostle Paul is saying that not many of us come from influential backgrounds or noble birth or a family that are ultra, ultra rich. But many of us are just average kind of people. In verse 27, it says, But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. How many of you feel better already that we belong in a good company? You don't have to be impressive for you to be used by God in His purposes. Amen. God uses the weak things of this world to shame the wise. Many times we think that we need to be somebody before God can use us. On the contrary, this is what the, the Lord is saying to us. You may be the most unimportant person in your company or in your family, yet God wants to use all of us. Tell the person beside you, God wants to use you. Of course, we are not to be wise in our own eyes. We are to remain humble, but yet God wants to use even the most lowly of us. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. It's all about Him. Amen. It's all about His glory. And I believe the reason why God wants us to continue to just depend on Him is so that we cannot boast on our intellect or our wisdom or our strength or our riches. Let the wise man boast about the Lord, the Bible says. In verse 9, it says, And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. Now, of course, we've talked about this in the past few weeks that, you know, if you see an angel, an angel is not a, you know, a cute little baby in diapers with cute puffy wings and some little bow and arrow, but an angel is really some big supernatural being. And if you see an angelic visitation, you know, many times in the Old Testament, you're a dead man. And so they were anticipating, why is this particular angel appearing before us? You know, we're lowly outcasts. You know, we're sinful people. Is it our doomsday already? And so they were fearful for their lives. They did not know and they were not aware that they were about to receive the best news that they can actually ever hear. Amen. And how many of you like hearing good news? I like hearing good news. Amen. You know, when you... You know, for example, if you are, you know, husband and wife, newly married, and you heard the good news of having a baby, that's really exciting. Amen. 
you know, maybe, you know, all of you who are working in an employee and in a company and, you know, when the company announced that you're not just going to be receiving a 13th month pay, but you're going to be receiving a 14th or a 15th month pay. Come on now. I mean, that's good news. Pastor Saul and I were invited in a, just last week, in a company Christmas party of one of the members of this church. And they said for the past 12 years, the company could not break even. But they see the, you know, this couple, the testimony was last year for the first time in the history of their company, they had a Christmas party because for the first time they can now afford to, you know, to treat the, the, the employee with their families for a Christmas party. And this year uh, was their second. And so they invited me and Pastor Saul and, you know, Luchi was there. We, we sang, they sang, no, not we, they sang. Uh, worship song and I shared something for for the company employees and so right after I spoke the company owner and the president basically stood up and talked about what's happening in the company and broke the good news and he said you know you know uh, you know many of you have joined with us and for for many years we haven't been able to give to our employees but this year we're pleased to announce that we're giving you Two extra months bonus pay for everybody. So they were all shouting and excited. At first, they were, you know, you know, they were listening to me with, you know, not excited. But they suddenly became excited when the boss said, two months bonus, 15th month pay. What? Good news. We always like to hear good news. I realize that good news can be so different for many people. Good news for some people may not be good news for another group of people, right? When the last lights won the UAAP, that's good news for the last lights, but it was not so good news for the Athenian. Okay. Anyway, you're going to have your season. Or for example, if you're courting you know, someone and there's two of you, you know what I mean? Good news means that the person, you know, she said yes to this guy and said no to the other guy. Of course, you can say yes to both. So a good news for one may not be good news for the other. But this good news that the angel was saying is good news for all people. Amen. There's no person that is exempt from this good news. What an amazing news. We were listening to that news of that company and we said to Pastor Saul, Wow, that's good news for them. But we praise God because we're happy for our calling. Amen. Come on now. <laughs> you know, the glory of the Lord appeared before the shepherds. And when you talk about the glory of God, it's the full weight of His character. I mean, try to imagine. You know, when you read your Bible, you've got to learn how to imagine things. You've got to learn how to put yourself in that particular setting. Imagine the shepherds. They're out there in the field. It was dark. There's no LED light. And then suddenly, the glory of the Lord just shone around them. I mean, that's awesome. I mean, that's, you know, to be put in Instagram or Facebook or whatever, okay? That's something that you want people to, 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 to learn to know. But yeah, when you talk about the glory, it is the combined magnitude of God's attributes, His omnipotence, His omnipresence, His omniscience, His, you know, His being almighty, His being, uh, you know, uh, lavish in His love and compassion. It's all there. In fact, in, in Exodus chapter 33, when Moses had an encounter with God, he was actually saying, Lord, show me your glory. 
he was saying, Lord, you've always called me. You said, you know, you're going to go with us. But there's one thing I want to ask. Moses was asking, show me your glory. And the Lord basically told Moses, in a nutshell, you cannot handle my glory. But what I will do is, I'm going to pass by. You have to hide yourself beside a rock. I'm going to cover your face. You cannot, uh, your, your, your face with my hand because you can never see my face. You can only see my back. And then the goodness of the Lord passed before Moses. And I believe Moses showed a partial glimpse of the glory of God. And that is the goodness of God. Amen. And guess what? When the angels appeared before the shepherds, it says they saw the glory of God. I mean, that's awesome. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Talking about good news. And for us to be able to appreciate good news, you have to know what the bad news is first. You know what the bad news is? The bad news is, for all have sinned and have fall short of the glory of God. That is the bad news. The bad news is, we're all supposed to go to hell. That's the bad news. The bad news is, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. That's the bad news. And how many of you have sinned at least once in your life? Please raise your hand. If you don't, you're just sinning now. For the wages of sin is death. We all sinned. And the penalty for sin is death. Not just physical death. It's spiritual death. It's an eternal kind of death. The reality is all of us have eternal life. We will all spend eternity somewhere. The question is where do you want to spend it? Smoking or non-smoking? It's called eternal death if you don't have the mercy and the grace of God. That is the bad news. But wait, there's more. There is a good news. And what is the good news? But the free gift of God is what? It's all we need together. Eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. That is the good news of Christmas. Amen. That's exactly why we celebrate what we're celebrating. That's exactly why we're seeing joy to the world. That is the reason why you and I can actually rejoice. And fear not, for the future is bright for us. What makes this good news is the fact that this gift that we receive is the most expensive gift that you can ever get. It is priceless. No less than the Son of God is this gift. Let's imagine with me for a moment, what was the most expensive gift that you have received this Christmas? You've probably opened it this morning. My kids were so excited opening their gifts. Some are expensive. Some are not so expensive. Some are even tempted to re-gift the gift that they received today. You just wrap it again, put another gift tag, and then send it again to another person before. Don't do that. But this particular gift that we receive from God cannot be re-gifted. You have to receive it personally. Amen. This is the best Christmas gift that you and I can ever receive. Verse 11, it says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This baby is no ordinary child. This baby will ultimately become the Lamb of God who can take the sins of the world. In darkness and in brokenness, God sent his son to be born here on planet earth. 
God knew. How many of you know that God knew exactly what the world needs? If the world needs building, He would have sent an engineer. If the world needs teaching, He would probably have sent an, a teacher. But how many of you know that the world needs a Savior? And that's exactly what He sent us. Amen. Because we are steep in sin and we're bound to go to hell. And that's exactly why we're celebrating Christmas. The Savior of the world was born. John Huss said, Rejoice the immortal God is born so that mortal men may live in eternity. You know, when we encounter the glory of God, we will be changed for His glory. You know, it's, it doesn't follow that if you encounter the presence of God and the glory of God, that you will not be be changed. You will be changed. Amen. If you encountered God and nothing has happened in your life, there's something wrong. Look at the person beside you and tell that person, you have changed in a good way. Okay? We want that. We want change. Amen. Change is coming. Change has come. And I hope that change will still be here for the future because God is going to continue to change us from glory to glory to be conformed into the image of Christ. Just Three very quick points that the shepherds, number one, is they pursued Christ. We see this in the life of the shepherd in this particular story. When the angels appeared and the glory of God shone before them, what did they do next? They simply pursued Christ. And we see that in verse 15 and 16. When the angels went away from them into heaven, basically the angels went back. The shepherds said to one another, let us go. Everybody say, let us go. So they said, let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went in haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. In fact, in the Message Bible, it says, let us get over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They went in haste. They pursued Christ. They pursued God. You know, people nowadays are pursuing so many different things. Some people are pursuing careers. Some people are pursuing relationships. Some people are pursuing their life partner. Nothing wrong with that. But how many of you know that even Jesus said that these things will be added unto us if we will seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness? Amen. The world pursues these things. Christians ought to pursue Christ. Amen. And all these things, the Bible says, will be added unto us as well. My question for us this afternoon as we end this year is, what are we pursuing? Are we pursuing Christ? Are we pursuing the things of this world? You know, if we pursue the things of this world, the things of this world does not satisfy. And I realize that the reason why sometimes you don't want to eat the regular food is you're, 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 you've been eating junk food. You know, we tell our children to not eat junk food before dinner because when they eat junk food, you know, they can't eat the real thing. But I realize nowadays, even if they eat junk food, they still eat a lot. <laughs> I don't know. We have growing kids nowadays. What are we pursuing? Ultimately, we can pursue Christ because He first pursued us. No one has ever sought God, not even one. No one is good, the Bible says, Romans chapter 3. But yet it was Christ who first pursued us. In 1 John chapter 4, verse 19, we love because He first loved us.
The only way that we can pursue Christ is understanding it, that Christ first pursued us. In Proverbs chapter 8, verse 17, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently find me. The Bible says, who are we seeking? And I hope that as we begin this year, 2017, that we will seek more of God. Amen. What a great time to really promote about prayer and fasting. And the whole theme of our prayer fasting this year is knowing God. Can you imagine? Five days of not eating. How many of you are excited about that? I'm excited already. I'm tired of eating. <laughs> so maybe some of you will start preparing already. And, you know, I like Pastor Manny because he was just so candid with us. He said, you know what? My preparation for fasting is very simple. I eat till the night before the fast. I eat a big buffet. You know, it doesn't matter. And then I fast the next day, okay? But it works for him, maybe not for us, okay? We need to slow down a bit as we start this new year. Secondly, they proclaimed Christ. Tell the person beside you, they proclaimed Christ. Not only did they pursue Christ when they saw the angels, they went to Bethlehem, they found the baby in the manger, but now after seeing the fact that this baby that the angels are talking about, before their very eyes, they started talking about Him. What about us? Did we take the time to just talk about what Christ has done for us? And how many of you agree with me that God has been good to us? Amen. Now, this year, 2016, as you close the year, this may probably be the best year for some of you. Maybe it's an average year for some. Or maybe it's the most challenging year for some. But it doesn't matter. And it doesn't change the fact that our God is a faithful God. Amen. And that we can actually talk about His love, His compassion, His mercy, and His faithfulness to the people that is around us. In verse 17, it says, And when they saw it, they made known the saying that we told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. Basically, they shared what they had heard. They announced the message that they had heard. And the message was about Christ. The message was not about Santa. The message was not about Rudolph. The message was not about Frosty the snowman, and that's not the message of Christmas. The message of Christmas is Christ was born, and He became the Savior of mankind. Amen. What are we talking about? I mean, when we have an opportunity to, to share with our family members and our relatives, what are we talking about? You know, last night we were just gathered together with the Marquez uh, family. We took the time, you know, after playing this white elephant game, you know, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that game. First time I did it, that it was fun. But after that, you know, white elephant exchange gift, we took the time to just thank the Lord and really just say, God, thank you so much for a great year that is almost done. We're celebrating this family gathering, not because we want to be among ourselves. Yes, we do want to be among ourselves, but the real reason is because Christ was born on Christmas Day. We want to be able to celebrate and find, go back to the real reason why we celebrate this season. And that is Christ was born and eventually he became the savior of mankind. Third and my last point is they praised Christ. First, they pursued Christ. Second, they proclaimed Christ. And third, they praised Christ. And the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told him. 
what are we doing with our lives today? You know, they praised God because they ultimately received the greatest gift of all, His only begotten Son. Their lives were changed right after that. And because they have an encounter with God, they can't help but burst out with adoration and worship and praise. Something that we can actually get, get to do every single day of our lives. They stood in awe for God, for the wonderful things that they have heard, that they have seen, and that they have experienced. Basically, when you talk about worship, worship is the result when we truly comprehend the reason why Christ came. You know, earlier when we had, we had the time of worship, I can't help but just be so grateful. I almost burst into tears. Because, you know, singing this Christmas song finally found its meaning. How many of you know that, you know, before, when we, got, before we got saved, seeing this Christmas crowd is just, okay, I heard this Christmas songs when I was a young boy, but, you know, it doesn't really hit me in the heart. But this day, we're, talking, we're singing not just an ordinary worship song, but Christmas songs, but yet these Christmas songs are made to worship and adore and praise our Almighty God. Amen. Oh, holy night. Can you imagine? You can actually cry just coming worshiping. Oh, come, let us adore Him. You know, singing this song can actually just put you into tears with complete adoration and praise and worship unto the Lord. Worship is the result when we truly comprehend the real reason why Christ came. Amen. We're all familiar with this. This the season, but this is really the reason why He came. So familiar with the picture of a holly during this Christmas time, but yet the real reason why Jesus Christ came is so that He can be nailed on that cross. You know, ultimately the shepherds were ordinary men. They were inexperienced, uneducated. The very first evangelists of the gospel were these guys, shepherds, lowly people, not professionals, not scholars. They did not go to the Bible school, but yet they were the first ones to go and share the good news that Jesus Christ was born. They've seen Jesus with their own eyes. Can you imagine that? They saw the manger and they got so excited. But you know what? We got it better than them. Though they saw the manger and experienced the manger, you know what we experienced? We experienced Calvary. Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, hanging on that cross, paying for the penalty of man's sin. And I believe that that should move us to proclaim the greatest gift that God could ever give mankind, His life for us. Amen? When we encounter the glory of God, we will be changed for His glory. Father, we are so grateful even during this time that we're celebrating the birth of Christ. Thank you, Lord God, that we have family, we have provision. We can actually go out and celebrate and have fun. But I thank you, Lord God, that all these things is celebrated simply because of the coming of our Savior King, our Lord Jesus Christ. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would Help us to be like these shepherds, Lord. That we will pursue you, Lord God, over, Lord, over anything, Lord God, that this world can offer. Thank you, Lord God, that you also help us, Lord God, to proclaim the good news. Lord, help us not to 
miss out an opportunity to be able to share, uh, Lord, what you have done in our lives to our friends, to our family members, to our loved ones, Lord God, to our relatives. Even during this extended holiday uh, towards the next uh, week, Lord God, we thank you, God, for, for your grace upon our lives. Lord, we, even as we gather today as a church today, we remember the fact that Jesus Christ was indeed born here on earth, ultimately to become the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world.